start my recording. I'm sitting on my couch simply because I don't want to sit in my chair. And there's a lot of Halloween stuff over there. Hello. Oh, it is recording. Okay. (laughs) Just had to make sure. Hello. Okay. All right. Sweet. Anyway. (laughs) Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right. Should we do our introducion? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, friends. I'm Tierney. And I'm Shelby. And we're... Dead, dead drunk. drunk. Halloween is normally a fun night of going out. And when you're a kid, you get to put on your costume to go out and trick-or-treat. And when you're an adult, you get to put on your costume and go out bar hopping or to a pretty fun party at a friend's. Although that's not what Halloween looks like this year, that's exactly what 21-year-old Christopher Jenkins was doing on Halloween night in 2002. That's it. That's my intro. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Short and sweet this week. Love it, love it. (laughs) Yup, yup, yup. Hi, what's up? Not much. I find I can get to the right place on the mic to be heard effectively if I hold it and then talk at a regular person volume. Oh, I love that. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope I don't get lazy and put it down or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> how are you <laughs> i'm doing all right you know i'm excited for halloween me too although we shouldn't be partying but we're having just a small get together of the appropriate cuomo approved amount of people right yeah and it's all people in our little bubble of of people that we've seen so right and i trust everybody so i think we're doing it the the safe way Right. So if you want to have something small like that, I would say go ahead, but don't exceed whatever your state regulations are. Right. Yeah. We're going to have a little fire. Hope um it's supposed to snow on Friday. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> insane. <laughs> don't get me started. I'm really pissed off about that. <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't snow too much, but you know, also what do I care? Where am I going? Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming up to party with you and that's it. Um, we're not I'm not leaving on Friday night, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully it's just not it's not enough snow that we have to shovel anything. And that's all we can hope for. Yeah, I hate shoveling. Um that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. That's okay. We can make John do it. John ordered a onesie for Halloween, so he'll be warm the whole time. Oh really? What yeah. is he being? Um there was only one available in stock for him that would be here in time. So he's being Totoro. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. I love Totoro. I love that I suggested he wear a onesie in April of this year. And uh-huh. he ordered one this week. Like, <laughs> and he just ordered it. It wasn't a good idea <laughs> until the week of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's just how it is sometimes, I guess. They don't listen to us. No. Anyway, men, should we get to our men, drink? Am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. So this week, our drink comes to us from Go 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 Gourmet, which is Ooh. a website <laughs> that provides recipes that still taste delicious, but require way less effort to make than normal recipes. So I'm all for Ooh. it. For this drink, what you're going to do is combine two ounces blueberry vodka, two ounces lemonade, and one-fourth ounce lime juice in a shaker. Shake it all together, and then strain it into a martini glass and garnish with a lemon slice and some blueberries, which you could put on a skewer, or you could arrange them so that the lemon slice, half a lemon slice for the smile, and then you put two blueberries in and you make a smiley face, and that would better go along with our case. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) Either way, you want to garnish your drink. That's how you make the blueberry lemon drop martini, which sounds pretty good. I would drink that. It's definitely not a fall drink, but you know what? Whatever. (laughs) So, as I mentioned, where we're going is Halloween night 2002. Okay. On that night, 21-year-old Christopher Jenkins was preparing to celebrate the holiday. The good-looking University of Minnesota student got dressed up in his costume and went out bar hopping with his friends. At around midnight, the group was at the Lone Tree Bar and Grill when Christopher got separated from the group. Apparently, Christopher had spilled a drink on his pants, but the security staff thought that he was so intoxicated that he wet his pants, so they removed him from the bar. And since Christopher was wearing a terribly offensive Native American costume that had no pockets... And his coat was inside the bar. He now found himself out in the freezing 20 degree temperature with no cell phone or wallet. That's something I would do. (laughs) Yeah, but not in a horribly offensive Native American costume. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. I just meant like the (laughs) alone without. I think that when you found yourself alone without anything, you were in a Hooters costume. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) TBT. (laughs) Way less offensive. (laughs) way 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 less offensive it was really funny (laughs) so christopher was last seen leaving the bar on foot heading north again with no phone or wallet like a pro on halloween when he didn't return home the next day or later that night his friends and family immediately reported him missing four months later on february 27th 2003 a body was seen floating in the mississippi river the no. B- yeah. Womp womp. Sorry. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> oh, it's fucking awful. Okay. The body was wedged in the branches of a fallen tree near the upper St. Anthony Falls Dam, wearing a Native American Halloween costume. Imagine dying in an offensive Halloween costume and then your ghost has to be wearing that forever. Can I tell you, I think about that all the time. Like, that's why it takes me so long to put on an outfit to go out anywhere because my thought is always, would I want to die die in this? this, Then I have to wear this for eternity. Right. So every time you're like, want to go out? And I'm like hours behind and late and freaking out. It's because I can't decide if this outfit is the one that I want to die in. (laughs) (laughs) amazing i mean i don't think that our ghosts would have to wear it i hope that when you're a ghost you have like an unlimited closet that you can pick from because <laughs> you're a freaking ghost but uh-huh. in the off chance that i'm gonna die i don't really want to do it in jeans mm-hmm. and like have to wear jeans for the rest of eternity so suck. 
Yeah. <laughs> or heels. God. Oh, no. No, thank you. <laughs> well, boot heels, maybe. Because as a ghost, are you really walking? Like, are you going to feel it? If I was wearing, like, Louboutins, I would, I would be okay. If they were, like, really, really awesome heels. I think if I could float around and just wear them but not have to walk in them. Yeah, I guess it. you probably don't have to walk as a ghost, right? I mean, I hope I hope not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. So anyway, after performing an autopsy on the body, the Minneapolis Police Department reasoned that since his blood alcohol level was well above the legal limit. Oh, obviously it was Chris. So like, I don't know that I had to say that, but like, obviously and unfortunately, the body was Christopher Jenkins. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing that he's dead. I was laughing that I felt the need to tell you guys that. Like you couldn't piece it together. (laughs) So the Minneapolis PD reasoned that since his blood alcohol level was well above the legal limit, Christopher probably just had a little too much fun bar hopping with his friends and might have fallen into the river. I mean, I guess it's plausible, but... Yeah, I feel like I I hear all the time about young men getting too drunk and like falling somewhere like my I, my mom has a friend whose son died that way oh really yeah that's honestly i think it's because we don't we don't really teach and not that you teach drinking in school that's not what i mean but like when you're <laughs> at home that would be a fun class <laughs> You know, like when you're at home and like your your parent your parents are having a glass of wine with dinner, they could be like, I mean, you could try at a reasonable age. You could be like, you you know, you could try this, have a glass of this, see if you like this, but just have one, you know. So by the time you're independent, living on your own and going out on your own, you don't get too drunk. Right. I think that's a lot of the problem. I mean, they I I haven't actually looked into this, but I don't. But- think that they have this problem in countries where where the age is lower right right because you're drinking from a young age on so you kind of learn and then by the time you're on your own it's not a problem that requires hospitalization or threatens your life so right because you've already like i don't know how old was christopher jenkins he was 22 yeah so he was like still like just just legal to drink oh 21 so just just legal yeah oh he was 21 yeah sorry yeah that was my problem so if (laughs) i mean if the if the age of drinking was 18 like he wouldn't have still had the you know the urge to go out and over drink at age 21 right i mean he might have learned his limit and his moderation like i remember the first time i went out when i was 21 and i just i wrecked myself i did not. I've never touched sake since, but like, I can't. <laughs> sake was what you wrecked yourself on? Yeah. It was bad. Oh my God. <laughs> it was wow. really bad. But I didn't know anything about it. And you get there, and then somebody older than you is like, this is good. And you're like, okay, whatever. You would know. So, <laughs> so you just kind of wow. learn. But it's, it's a lot easier to learn when you're at home and you know that there's no chance you're going to die because you're in your, well, There's less of a chance that you're going to die because you're in your own house. Yeah. (laughs) Despite the police's insistence that this was a case of accidental drowning, Christopher's parents, Steve and Jan Jenkins, insisted that their son had been the victim of foul play. 
However, the Minneapolis PD found no evidence to support the theory of murder, so Christopher's case was closed and his cause of death ruled an accidental drowning. So the family decided to hire their own private investigators to look into Christopher's case. Through that investigation, they learned that there were quite a few discrepancies in the initial report. Ooh, I love this kind of stuff. (laughs) Woo! First, it was revealed that Christopher was not actually kicked out of the Lone Tree Bar and Grill. The bar staff now said that he left on his own, or that's what they said before the owner ordered his employees to stop talking with the private detectives without a company attorney present. Which makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it totally made sense. At first I was like, ooh, he ordered them to stop? And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. The private investigators next discovered that an off-duty police officer named Mike Casey had been in the Lone Tree Bar that night. Casey was working security that night and told the detective that he knew Christopher's girlfriend, Ashley. Ashley had actually borrowed... (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) You don't know anything about her, just her name, and you're like, ugh. (laughs) Anyway, Ashley had actually borrowed one of Casey's uniform shirts for her sexy police officer costume that Halloween. Ooh. I'm guessing she just wore a shirt. You can make anything sexy. I mean, I guess, but it's... They have, a, they have a costume that is sexy corn. <laughs> I just watched the Office episode where Catherine Tate's character is sexy Toby. <laughs> oh, my God. There's, always... a whole, there's a whole song in the Mean Girls musical. It's, it's Karen talking about... Um, I can't be who I want to be and sexy. (laughs) And she talks about like all the different sexy costumes. Anyway, so Ashley's just wearing a shirt because that's sexy. And over the course of the night, Ashley introduced Casey to Christopher. But it's unclear whether or not Casey was simply just friends with Ashley. Uh Ah, interesting. I want to say no, because he lent her the shirt, but he could have just wanted something more with Ashley instead of actually having something with her, you know? Yeah. I don't know. He definitely strikes me as somebody that was, that wanted something. I don't know. (laughs) According to an article on medium.com by Lisa Marie, last name F-U-Q-U-A, can't say it, just not going to try. Quote. A rumor going around at the time was that Mike Casey had told the security supervisor at the bar to have Chris removed because he wanted Chris out of the picture that night to flirt with Ashley. See what I mean? I totally saw that coming. (laughs) Like, you definitely wanted to flirt with her. Yeah. Then later, after Chris was gone, he gave Ashley a ride home. However, the Minneapolis PD never formally questioned Mike Casey. Huh. Right. So just... Just didn't question him, despite the fact that he drove the victim's girlfriend home and could know something about Christopher's death. Law enforcement said, quote, he's a married man with children. We don't want to break up a family. Stop. But if he had something to do with it, then he broke up a family because he killed somebody. Well, not saying he killed somebody, but like, wouldn't you want to, wouldn't you, what? Ugh. Right. I don't know if he killed somebody or would kill somebody. Or knows who did or knows what happened. Like, ugh. I don't even know if he's the one that orchestrated it. I think this is shady, though. Like, it's definitely shady behavior. Yeah, it doesn't make him a He's definitely going after shady. Ashley. Yeah. Ugh. But is I don't think that he's behind it. But he might have been able to give them some information that they didn't know. Like, 
uh, admitting that he got Chris kicked out. Yeah. And then we could know the full story, but whatever. This, Whatever. So, so then the private investigators retraced Chris's steps from that night, and they discovered that his route home would have taken him over the Hennepin Avenue Bridge, which meant that he would have passed directly in front of the Federal Reserve Bank's two outside security cameras that faced that direction. When the bank reviewed the footage, however, there was no sign of Chris, meaning that he had not started walking home at all. Huh. So now they had to figure out which way Chris went after he left the bar. The Jenkins family hired a canine unit, which put out two different bloodhounds to track Chris's scent. The dogs picked up his scent and tracked his path to a restaurant across from the bar, Times Square Pizza and Subs. <laughs> They're in Minneapolis. Times Square Pizza and Subs. <laughs> Nice try. Like, <laughs> nice try, Minneapolis, but we know this is we're not, not New York. York. Pizza. <laughs> Chris's trail then moved to an underground parking garage next to the pizza shop, coming to a stop around parking spots 89 and 90. The dogs picked up Chris's scent on the vehicle that had been parked there that Halloween night. Oddly enough, on that night, the bouncer from the Lone Tree Bar and Grill had been parked in one of those no, spaces. No, I just got chills. <laughs> the private detectives treated the area as a crime scene and began searching for evidence. They recovered blood droplets and a piece of a red feather <gasps> and a red string that may have been part of Chris's costume. Oh, my God. The chills won't stop. <laughs> I the private like, In my head, I was like, he he just fell in the river. He was drunk and fell in the river. But like, yeah, what? And, I mean, that sounds completely plausible when you look at this case. But when you look deeper... There's a lot more to oh, it. The shows won't stop. Okay. <laughs> the private investigators then began looking more closely at the movement around the pizza shop on the night of Halloween. They learned that several people had seen a group of people attacking someone <gasps> in front of Times Square Pizza and Subs, but no one could confirm that the person being attacked was Chris Jenkins. Oh, my God. I know. And all of this was left out of the initial police report. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So the private detectives then turned to the pathologist report. As I said earlier, Chris's blood alcohol level was well above the legal limit at 0.12%. This means that Chris would have been exhibiting physical impairments like loss of judgment and slurred speech. So he was pretty drunk. Tests also showed traces of the chemical GHB in his system, which is often referred to as the date rape drug. What? Oh, my yeah. God. So he was not only drunk, but he was drugged. By who? We don't know. Like, Casey, was he like, oh. <laughs> The pathologist also noted that his body had been found with his arms crossed in front of him, which is strange for a victim who supposedly fell into the water and drowned. <sighs> Normally, drowning victims are found with their arms out at their sides and their clothing disheveled. This was also not consistent with Chris's body. When he was found, Chris's shirt was still tucked into his pants, and on his feet, he still wore the slip-on moccasins for the costume. All of this led the pathologist to conclude that Chris had been dead long enough for rigor mortis to set in before he was placed in the river. I just got chills again. Shelby! <laughs> what? I love giving chills. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry either i'm sorry for chris jenkins but i like this right i'm <laughs> right i i am sorry about chris jenkins don't get me wrong but i do love giving chills and this is just a crazy amount of stuff that the police didn't even care about yeah i 
I feel like I'm calling it now. Mike Casey is involved. That's why that's why none of this came up because they didn't formally question him, so they didn't That would be You know what? That's a pretty interesting and plausible theory because if he told the bouncer to kick Mike Casey out, maybe he already had told the bouncer that he like maybe they already had a plan to kill him. Yeah. Mike Casey and, and the bouncer. Because and Mike Casey's like, listen, man, like I'm I'm a police officer. Nothing's gonna happen. Like we're just gonna cover it up so you can help me out. Right. So it's possible. But sorry, Mike Casey, you might be completely innocent as well. I don't no, know. Like I don't, no, if you're listening. No. <laughs> when they pulled Chris's body from the river. The Minneapolis PD found a clump of hair still clutched in his left hand. Apparently, they never tested it, which isn't a shock at this point. Instead, they just filed it away under foreign matter in left hand. Well, don't worry. There are private investigators and they are doing their jobs, which the Minneapolis PD apparently weren't. And they tested it and discovered that it was Chris's own hair. No. Which wasn't very exciting, but... At least they tested it. (laughs) Then there was the lack of bruising on the body, which the family found odd. Chris apparently played goalie on the university lacrosse team, so he usually had bruises all over his arms and legs. Apparently, he had played two games and been to practice in the days before he disappeared, meaning that his body should have been covered in the usual bruises. But since there were no bruises on Chris's body, the Jenkins family started wondering whether or not Chris had been kept alive somewhere before he was murdered. And his body was disposed of in the river. Oh my God! Wait, how long was it between when he went he when he got murdered or when he went missing and when they found his body? Four months. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I know that's a horrifying thought to it's, have. It's it's also interesting that they're like he usually has bruises. Why doesn't he? Right. I thought that was a very interesting thing to note too. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's something I never thought of, but I guess as a close family member, like if you have an athlete in your, you know, in your family, like if you were regularly sliding on the bases in softball. Oh, I always had bruises on my legs. Right. And if what if you went missing and then four months later, your body appeared and it didn't have bruises, your mom would probably be like, "Mm, yeah, that's weird. That's suspicious. That's That's weird. I freaking love that video. <laughs> She's like, that's weird. Like, <laughs> In an interview with CNN, Chris's mother, Jan, said, quote, he was loaded into a vehicle, a van, driven around and eventually murdered. He was murdered and thrown away like a piece of trash. Oh. So Jan 100% believes that he was abducted and kept alive somewhere. And I mean, for at least four months I mean, I think for him. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have noticed decomposition. But yeah. So she's completely convinced that he was taken and not murdered on Halloween. Yeah. Which also kind of makes sense. Like scientifically, Finally, right? Right. Scientifically, it makes sense. Because again, I think they would have noticed. Like slipping. Some. Like skin some sort of and stuff. Right. Like some sort of decomposition if he was in the river for that long. But there you know? wasn't any decomposition. Not that I saw in any of the research. Finally, there was the fact that Chris's body. This is what we were just saying. <laughs> it's right here. Okay. Yeah. This 
this is what we were just saying, is the fact that Chris's body could not have been in the water for four months and not have been discovered. Or have some, you know, or look as okay as it looked. Yeah. In addition to the lack of water damage, which we've discussed, the area under the Third Avenue Bridge, which is where Chris's body was eventually found, had been searched for weeks after his disappearance. Yeah, that sounds like somewhere where they it would was search. Af- yeah. yeah, exactly. It was after looking over all of this new evidence that the new Minneapolis chief of police finally reclassified Chris's death as a homicide. Four years after he first went missing, the case was reopened and the Jenkins family finally had a chance at finding justice for Chris. Once the case was reopened, a local inmate came forward with some new information. He claimed that he had seen someone throw Chris off the Hennepin Avenue bridge, which seems unlikely since his body would have hit a steel support beam and metal cables on the way down. Yeah. Yeah. And his body didn't show any injuries that would indicate that he took this kind of fall. Right. (laughs) So like. Right. So the case is still unsolved, but some people have speculated that it might have been a bar fight that got out of hand. We know that Tierney has speculated that it's Mike Casey and the bar and oh, the bouncer it, from the Lone Tree Bar was. and Grill. <laughs> but there's another theory that suggests that Christopher Jenkins may have been another victim of the Smiley Face killings. You may not recognize that name, but Smiley Face murder theory should sound familiar to you, drunkies. It was proposed as a theory of what happened to Brian Schaefer, which Tierney discussed in a previous episode. This theory was proposed by New York City detectives Kevin Gainan and Anthony Dewart. With the support of Dr. Lee Gilbertson, a criminal justice professor and a gang expert from St. Cloud State University, they alleged that a number of young men who were found dead in bodies of water across many Midwestern states from the late 1990s to the 2010s did not accidentally drown, but were actually victims of a serial killer or killers. Which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I know earlier you said you hear a lot about people getting drunk and falling down, but these were specifically cases of people who had gone out drinking and then were found accidentally drowned, which I put in air quotes, but you guys can't see, (laughs) um, (laughs) in bodies of water. Uh Uh-huh. Which seems like a crazy coincidence. Yeah. At the same time that the Jenkins family was funding the private investigation into their son's murder, Gannon and Duarte were examining evidence from similar... Sorry, I said that name weird, but I'm going to say it different a different way every time. Just buckle up. Anyway, the detectives were examining evidence from similar cases dating back to the late 1990s. The detectives found that 45 college-age men had been found dead in bodies of water across 11 different states. Most of the victims were white men and had last been seen leaving... Yeah, that's how you say that. And had last been seen leaving bars or parties where they had been drinking. According to the now former New York City detectives, the men also fit a profile of being popular, athletic, and successful students. Which... Pretty much sums up Chris Jenkins. Yeah. Gannon and Duarte believe that these were not just coincidences and all of these deaths were the work of one skilled murderer or a group of killers. The nickname Smiley Face became connected with the theory when the public learned that Gannon and Duarte had found graffiti smiley faces near the locations where the killer or killers had dumped bodies in at least a dozen of these connected cases. So... In at least 12 of these accidental drowning deaths, there's a graffiti smiley face next to where the body was found. Which is, Which is interesting. 
Yeah. But also, like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of graffiti artists would graffiti a smiley face. Yeah. That's proposed in argument with the theory that it's a pretty popular thing to graffiti. Yeah. So the detectives were still investigating the theory as recently as 2008. Um, Even when they left the force, they were continuing to look into this. But most of the police departments have disputed the connection between the cases. Those departments that were involved with the deaths associated with the smiley faces don't consider their presence an indication of serial killer activity. The La Crosse, Wisconsin Police Department, which handled eight of the investigations, concluded that all of the deaths were accidental drownings and stated that no smiley face symbols were found in connection with any of their cases. Criminal profiler Pat Brown called the theory ludicrous, arguing, like you said, that smiley face graffiti is nothing more than a coincidence. She told the Minneapolis-based newspaper City Pages, quote, It's not an unusual symbol. If you look in any area five miles square, I bet you could find a smiley face. Which is probably true. Yeah. The FBI looked further into the theory after the former detectives shared what they had discovered in their investigation. And in 2008, the FBI released the following statement about what they were calling the Midwest River Deaths. They said, The FBI has reviewed the information about the victims provided by two retired police detectives who have dubbed these incidents the smiley face murders and interviewed an individual who provided information to the detectives to date we have not developed any evidence to support links between these tragic deaths or any evidence substantiating the theory that these deaths are the work of a serial killer or killers the vast majority of these instances appear to be alcohol related drownings the fbi will continue to work with the local police in the affected areas to provide support as requested Although the FBI does not believe there's a need to look further into these oddly similar cases, there are some people that still believe the smiley face murder theory. And we're here to get spectacles all the time, so... Love that. Okay. (laughs) So, I'm going to tell you about another potential smiley face killer victim. There's so many different names for this. It's smiley face murder theory, smiley face killers, smiley face murderers. It's just smiley face. Bill Sostax, that's how I'm saying it. It's probably not how it's pronounced, and I apologize. But Bill's son, Josh, went missing in in December of 2007 after going out drinking with some college friends at a bar in Albany, New York. Ooh, do you know what bar it was called? (laughs) No, I couldn't find that. I did look because I figured that you would know. (laughs) His body was later found in the Hudson River and determined an accidental drowning. Sostak, a retired fire investigator, didn't believe it was an accident. And just like the Jenkins family, he started his own investigation. While he was searching for one of his son's personal items near the place where law enforcement believes Josh went into the water, he spotted a smiley face. And Sostak told Good Morning America, it definitely screams homicide, not accidental death. Huh. Sostak believes that, like Christopher, his son had been drugged. Security camera footage from the bar shows Josh acting normally. He actually appears to be relatively sober. That's from inside the bar. Then Josh leaves the bar a few minutes later, and suddenly he's staggering and struggling to remove his sweatshirt. Huh. Yeah, it seems like a drastic jump in intoxication. Yeah. So Sostak and dozens of other parents of these accidental drowning victims are now working with investigative reporter Christy 
Pyle, Pyle, I'm sorry guys, you know me. Investigative reporter Christy Pyle working to build a connection between the cases. Their hope is to get a new federal investigation launched to take a fresh look at the cases. But it'll take some new development to convince the local police departments that these cases are connected. All right. I need to interrupt. Yeah. Number one. Um, the it, well, He went missing from the Bayou Cafe, which is now the hollow bar and kitchen for anybody around here. The hollow. It's like a music venue now. Oh, cool. I'm glad that um, you found they it. They also <laughs> have. They also have like I've been there with my dad a couple times, but they also have like pretty good food and drinks and like just a regular bar. Um, and the second thing I need to interrupt and say is that this episode was brought to you by the Drifting Souls. <laughs> the Drifting Souls is a boutique that we love and we think you guys will love them too. They sell drinkware, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and other cool things that make the perfect gift for your friends, family, or honestly for yourself. The next thing I will be ordering from there is, okay, now I'm, I'm a little torn between two things. The first one is the Tumblr that says, I can't be trusted at Target because as we know, my addiction is really bad you guys like really bad um but i'm also currently obsessed with a sweatshirt that says leg day and it has a turkey leg on it oh yeah and I feel like it's perfect for chilling in and watching football this thanksgiving i was just gonna say that's the thanksgiving sweatshirt to have <laughs> yeah so we love that the drifting souls is a women-run business because to quote tco let the women do the work and we love that every order is also custom printed just for you so you know that you're getting the highest quality product every single time if you order by December 6th, your order is guaranteed to be here by Christmas if you're going to get a gift off of this wonderful site for somebody special in your life. So if you are interested in shopping, head over to thedriftingsouls.com and make sure to use our code DEADDRUNK for 20% off at checkout. That's thedriftingsouls.com and use code D-E-A-D-D-R-U-N-K at checkout for 20% off. They will be linked in our show notes and they're linked on our Instagram too. So yeah. All right. Back to the the story pile believes that if the police would work together which they rarely do they would see the link between what she believes could be 80 connected deaths that's a lot i know <laughs> but if they were oh yeah <laughs> jenny's like that's a lot that's a lot yeah but if they were claiming if they were putting these drugging these men and then kidnapping them and then putting them in bodies of water, they could have gotten away with this many. Ha having them labeled yeah. just accidental drownings. Yeah. Although these cases have all already been closed and determined, as we know, and infuriatingly, accidental drownings or undetermined causes of death, Pyle insists that they will continue investigating. She told ABC News, quote, we believe we're on to something. We're going to keep fighting, which, girl, good for her. Yeah, do it. Now, to get spectacles with you drunkies, I would say that I believe the theory holds some merit. As, huh. as you probably know, there are just too many coincidences and similarities, but I, I think, between all of these cases, I, too many to be ignored. The idea that this many similar young men got too drunk and drowned in different bodies of water, while plausible... It's just, it just seems um, a little more ludicrous than the idea that there's a gang of killers out there preying on young, unsuspecting men who are out drinking. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Because I just feel like if there is this, like, gang of serial killers, like, number one, how do they know the that these guys are all, like, 
fit the same profile. Do you know what I mean? How do they know like what their grades are or Oh, I don't know. You know, how popular they are. And then like I don't know, what are they just like moving all around the country all the time? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the implausible part of the theory, I think. But yeah, I think that it's mostly Midwest states that they're in. But I I yeah, agree I with guess, you there. I just I just think it holds I guess I just think it has something to it because it, there's just too many accidental drowning deaths. There were 45 accidental know, drowning I mean, deaths in a Think about like just think about like when you go out to the bar in Poughkeepsie, when you go out to Mahoney's, mm-hmm. like how many idiot Maris kids are there that would probably fit this profile? Oh, I agree that it's plausible that they that all could, accidentally drowned. That could very easily like be too drunk and walk home and fall in the Hudson River. Yeah, no, I agree that that's totally plausible. And all of these deaths could have just been people getting too drunk and falling into bodies of water. But there are some like Chris's that just don't add up. Chris Jenkins yeah, specifically I, doesn't add up. I yeah, no, it definitely doesn't add up that he just like fell in the water, but I I personally think that it's more plausible that the people around him that knew him in his life maybe weren't good people. <laughs> My Casey. So <laughs> like Casey, his girlfriend. Oh yeah, we maybe have, we like, can't rule her out. Maybe You're the, right. Because I mean, if she was there with him, was she ever questioned? I'm assuming she was questioned, but the only talk of questioning that I saw was Mike Casey and the fact that he wasn't. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's more plausible to me that it's just like he wasn't friends with great people. And that's that probably and- fair. I think that's probably fair. I just like to entertain theories like this. I don't think it's crazy. Uh, it's probably yeah, no, it's not crazy, but it's probably unlikely, but it's I think it's it could be likely that some of them could be victims of a serial killer. Not all. Yeah, because it, when you think about it, that's a pretty solid method. Like you find somebody out drinking, you drug them, make sure that they're seen being pretty drunk. And then you take them and then you leave them in a body of water and you I'm not don't do this. But like it's a if a serial killer was going to have a plan, that's not a terrible one. So that's true. To me, there were just a little too many coincidences between a few of the cases, particularly Chris and Josh. Um, I think that the fact that they were drugged probably hints that there was foul play involved. Yeah. Especially in Chris's case, which now we know there was foul play involved. So thanks to the private investigators who found all those discrepancies. So Chris's case is opened and has been reclassified as a homicide. But is he the only one that should be reclassified as a homicide? That's what I'm saying. Is how many of these accidental drownings should be reopened and taken. Should be relooked at. Should be looked at again, not re-looked at. <laughs> How yeah. many of these accidental drownings should be looked at again and reevaluated? Because how many other cases like yeah, you're Chris's right. some of them have these kind of discrepancies, you know? Exactly. Well, I don't yeah. think a graffitied smiley face is enough to say a serial killer <laughs> did it. Just like the fact that somebody disappears without a trace doesn't mean Israel Keys did it. You know, there's 
There are exactly. some things that are like, hey, maybe the other ones, maybe not all the other ones, are accidental. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and that's our story. I I had a lot of chills. I enjoyed myself. I'm glad that you had a lot of chills. I'm sorry there's no resolution to this, but you know, that's, that's left okay. up to Minneapolis that's PD. Life. <laughs> that's also life. You don't get all the answers. Now you're right. Tell us what you think. What do you think about the murder theory? Do you think that it holds any water? Email us with what you think at deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. You can share your drink pictures with us on Instagram at deaddrunkcrime. And on Twitter at, at deaddrunkcrime. Come discuss the theory with us. I want to hear what you think. I really do. So come talk to us on our Facebook page at uh, Dead Drunk at True Crime Podcast or Dead Drunk Discussions. We also have some pretty cool merchandise, uh, which you can purchase um, at our, what is it called? What's the store called? It's like a, it's with an Spread S. Ship. Spread, spread shirt. <laughs> spread shit. Spread shit. Spread shit. It's a spread shit. <laughs> So you can buy some of our spread shit at the link in our show notes. And it'll also be linked in the sources. Um, sorry. It'll also be linked in our blog, which will also have all of the sources that I used in my research for this episode. And you can find that on our website at deaddrunkpodcast.com. Also, as I mentioned, not everybody that disappears without a trace was taken by Israel Keys, But... If you'd like to hear us get spectacles about some potential people that disappeared without a trace that Israel Keys could be responsible for, you can join us on Patreon. We're going to have a new episode out this week, probably on Halloween, because we're real good at getting them out just at the end of the month. So (laughs) if you want to join us, you can find that at patreon.com slash dead drunk. And that's all the end business we have to take care of. I do Woo-hoo. believe I found a chaser. Can you identify these horror movies in emojis? Number one. So, I mean, I guess we should probably describe them anyway. <laughs> because you guys can't see it. But <laughs> there's like a guy with a mustache and then a blonde lady. And then the plus symbol. A building and some old people. Plus, a perp- the purple devil equals baby. And your choices are children of the corn, the others, Rosemary's baby, or the omen. I think I want to choose Rosemary's baby because of the baby emoji. Okay. Are you sure about that? I don't know which one it is. I just... <laughs> I've never seen any of these movies. Oh, Okay. That was it. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) All right. So this one's like a hospital. Same blonde lady. A shower. Psycho. It's psycho. It's psycho. It's psycho. It's psycho. It's psycho. (laughs) The shower. The shower. It's psycho. Yeah. That kind of gave it away. (laughs) Oh, I know this one. There's a phone, a blonde lady, a question mark, a knife, a dead emoji, and a tree. The phone, does that mean it's Scream? Yeah, it's Scream. Is Scream the one where they're like, would you like to play a game? Yeah, what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah. That's what the question mark symbolizes, I think. Hold on, I'm going to let Jenny out because she's literally going insane. All right, what's next? Now we have um, a blonde lady and the heart with the arrow going through it. A blonde guy 
the celebration boob cup things with the streamers. <laughs> a pig and a broken heart and then an angry face and four dead emojis. That's not my name. Oh, my God. For Doesn't sure it's Carrie. It right, Carrie. Well. Why don't they remember I'm Carrie White? Carrie. Is it any harder to say than goddamn toad and spastic and weirdo and dumb bitch? <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Okay. I feel like this one's easy, too. There's a videotape. A girl with black hair and pigtails or black long hair. I don't know. And a phone. And then it says July 17th. Five. Ugh, sorry. Seven times. So seven days. And then a skull. So. I'm going to go with the week. I think it's the ring. Oh, yeah. darn. I've never seen the ring. And I just thought because it had seven days it would be the week oh i think the premise of the ring i've never seen it but i'm pretty sure that the idea is you get this videotape and it has that creepy girl on it and when you watch the videotape it gives you seven days to live holy shit that's crazy yeah i don't it it never made any sense so i never watched it and that girl creeps me out so that was enough to not watch it yeah (laughs) okay oh my god yeah i have no idea uh it's a it's a raindrop a lightning bolt, then a cloud, then two blonde guys, then another cloud, then a cloud, and then a weird devil, a dragon, and an octopus. Okay, it's called the storm because of clouds and raindrops and things. That feels like a fair guess. I honestly don't know for this one. The, the mist. mist. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, I saw signs I've heard- and I was like, oh my God, signs. Do you remember signs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was a movie. I didn't watch The Mist, but I, I heard about it. I've heard of Gorillas in The Mist. <laughs> I haven't, but I've heard of The Mist, and I just didn't get what was so scary about Mist. Uh. But I guess it's what's, it's what's in The Mist, right? <laughs> All right. So this one has... I don't know whose flag that is. Do you know? Is that the Netherlands? I don't think so. All right. Well, it's some European flag. That's red, white, and blue because I think a majority of flags are red, white, and blue. And then there's like black-haired guy with a mustache. There's just a bunch of mustaches. Everybody here has mustaches. Then there's a hospital and a knife and the dead emoji. Oh, then one of the guys dies. And then there's another guy that dies. It's a Russian flag. It's Borat. Oh, okay. So that's that's not an option, (laughs) but... I kind of want to say European vacation because look at all those European looking men. Oh, hostel. I guess all of the men could have been staying in a hostel in Russia. Oh, yeah. I thought it was cool how they did the emojis where the guys kept getting picked off. There was like three of them <laughs> and then there was two of them and then there oh, was one of them. Oh, is that what that was? I just yeah. there were more men it took, coming. It took me a minute to get it too. I was like, oh, that's the same guy. I get it. Ooh, I know what one this is, but you can describe it. Okay. It's a guy with black hair, two eyeballs, and then three spooky ghosties. I see dead people. Yeah, it's the sixth sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this one's a pumpkin, a kid, a knife, and another kid, and then a pumpkin, a guy, a knife, and a woman, and then three question marks. I don't (laughs) know. 
Halloween. There's no way that the movie is called Knives and Pumpkins, right? That would be like a little too on right. The head. I I don't even know if that's a movie, but the options are Halloween, Jack o' Lanterns, From Hell, Knives and Pumpkins. The only one I've heard of is Halloween, but could this be Halloween? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because when he was a kid, he he wanted to kill her then. Right. Right. All right. So. Oh, I know what one this is too. <laughs> Okay, so there's a bunch of people, like a whole family, and then a TV, and then three spooky ghosties. It's Poltergeist, yeah. right? That movie's good. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now there's a hospital, and guy with black hair and a mustache, a knife, a door, screaming. Oh, I know what this one is. And two bunnies. It's The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> it's The Shining. Uh, I the door and the knife, but then also like the twins gave it away for me. Yeah, I I got it. I was like the door and the knife. Oh, this is and then the twins. Yeah, that really clinched it for me. Yeah. All right, two guys with mustaches. Ooh, the girl, a girl, a tent in the woods, postcard looking emoji, a tree, a camera, a tree, and three skulls. Is it cabin in the woods? I thought that too, but the camera, I'm thinking Blair Witch. Made you think Blair Witch Project? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I helped you yeah. with that one, but I was so sh- No, <laughs> I I, th- I thought the same thing when I saw the camera, but I never saw Blair Witch Project, but I know that it was like, like that. Yeah, I didn't see it either, but I don't really want to watch shaky footage, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so now we have Ooh. also what looks like a family. Then one of them next to somebody sleeping and then spooky ghosties and skulls probably paranormal activity too <laughs> right yeah it's like a family oh insidious how was i supposed to get insidious oh. from those emojis though wait hold I on no i figured it was, it was like activity. a dad a mom two kids and a baby and then this thing and i was never gonna get insidious from that oh no, I, the kid goes to sleep and he astral projects and then he's i mean i guess you could get there but oh i never saw it i just oh you it. never saw insidious yeah, I, thought, I actually love that no. one no i i didn't i thought it was kind of funny that it said paranormal activity too though as if like that <laughs> couldn't also be for the first paranormal activity. right that was pretty funny but we got nine out of thirteen so we got I mean, the dude that almost makes it to the end. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I think you should. I liked Insidious. I didn't continue with the series, but I really enjoyed Insidious. That was a good. All right, sweet. So I, I recommend that. Um, Love that. Yeah. I jumped. I love when things kind of appear. And this guy, the demon yeah. in this movie looks just like freaking Darth Maul. So it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. So. All right. Sweet. So we will, you will hear from us again on Halloween. <laughs> so have a spooky rest of your week, drunkies. I'll see you on Halloween. Okay. Best wishes. Warmest regards. <laughs>